0: Okay. Hello, everybody. This is Joe DeProspero. And today I'm joined by a couple of our leaders in the KPMG cybersecurity practice, Caleb Quern and Scott Frederick. And uh, today we're going to be talking about secrets in software code. Gentlemen, welcome.
1: Thank you. Hi, Joe.
0: So, Caleb, starting with you, can you set the table for us? What are secrets in software code and why do we care?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, as the name implies, secrets are things that we don't want other people to know about. There's a a list of what secrets might be. And some of those, you know, wouldn't surprise us. Like, You you probably don't want to expose passwords um, in software code, right? Because that means whoever sees that software code can maybe do things that you didn't want to happen with that password and the access it may give you to things or There's some technical details that I know Scott's going to do a great job explaining, but at at the the high level, um, when we leave these little strings that really shouldn't be hard coded or written into the software itself, because there's more modern ways of managing like that type of functionality than just leaving that written in the software. um, What that means for the business is that there's risk that we didn't need. to to give to our endeavors right because we have big jobs to do we want to innovate and grow the business and uh, do so by generating great software that brings about user outcomes that either thrills and delights or just makes our business go faster and that's what we want to focus on and when we do things like leaving secrets in the software code it increases the likelihood or the impact of a security event and the security events cost us money that we would rather invest in innovation and growth. How would you answer that, Scott? I mean, what are secrets in software code and
2: why do we care? You know, I think that you made a great point. We we used to think about secrets as, as IDs and passwords that would maybe connect to a database, maybe connect to a, an FTP server back in the past. But as our application types have modernized, we're connecting to tons of different SaaS services using API keys, be that a, a messaging platform, a payment platform, a, a file transfer platform. There's a lot of more microservices and SaaS services that we're calling in the background that we don't look at them and say, this is necessarily, this isn't a password, but yet it's granting uh, access to systems, the ability to to post information or retrieve information that, that might be confidential that we wouldn't want a, a bad actor getting. You know, we're also seeing a, a cloud deployment model where, where we can spin up infrastructure, we can build new new servers. And while we're not using the IDs and passwords as they typically were, we're using uh, API tokens and we're using private keys in order to access the software. So it's not just the IDs and passwords as, as one would typically think about, there's a whole bunch of different types of secrets that it's important to keep out of our, our source control platforms.
0: So Caleb, why can this be so hard and what impact does that have on business?
1: Sure. So. Uh, There are modern ways to go about this problem. There are solutions, you know, secrets, management platforms and tooling and technology um, available. That would prevent this in the first place when implemented well across a portfolio of applications at large organizations. Of course, that's a work in progress, right? Um, This technology isn't brand new, but the adoption of it is still kind of... Like I said, a work in progress, even within an organization, not even across an industry, but you have a portfolio of, who knows, 100 applications and, um, you know, maybe some of them have gotten this this treatment, but not everybody. That's for the prevention. And then for the detection of these things, um, it's hard because, you know, the tooling to detect this in code is, again, available. There's open source tooling that you can use to find this stuff. So it's free. But the implementation of that tooling, um, whether you're it's at the build time when you're running the CICD, the continuous integration, continuous deployment, like those tests that run in those moments, that doesn't get applied across your whole portfolio. It's just usually, you know, uh, as you build. And that's, you know, again, app by app. That could be every week, could be every day. But for most apps and most large organizations, it's a lot less frequent. It could be quarterly or who knows how often. But the point is, it's, it's not straightforward to get this prevention or detection of secrets and software code um, done well. And again, you know, beyond just the tech, is the, uh, there's the people
2: and the skills around doing this. But um, what did I miss there, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I think very much the CI/CD processes we see are really relevant. To as you mentioned the modern applications, but there are applications in, in large institutions that have been around for for fifteen or twenty or, or who knows how many years and and getting them to implement this new skill set this this new technology to build and deploy their applications when they 've been doing it. Uh, you know, this way for as long as they can remember. It's sometimes a a challenge of technology, a challenge of of knowledge. I think people are doing better at at growing the skill set in order to be able to do this at at build and deploy time. But there is a knowledge and a technology gap there that I think certainly needs to be addressed better than, than a lot of companies are doing it today.
0: So is there a better way? And what does KPMG suggest our clients consider?
1: Joe, that is the question, right? How should clients be thinking about this? Among the the options they have on the table, like we hinted at some of these modern secrets management platforms, the vaulting solutions out there that um, are growing in popularity and adoption for sure. That's absolutely on the list of things to consider now. I think, you know, uh, Scott was also mentioning some of the tooling that you can integrate right now in your CICD platforms to detect these things as code is built and You know, there's options there. You can say, well, when we find an API key or an RSA private key in the code as it goes into, you know, tries to get into production and is scanned, we can block that deployment or just alert on that. There's tons of options there. But I think one of the things that Scott and I are excited about these days is some technology that we've developed at KPMG that we're referring to as the deployable software scanner. Um, And this approach will, in one shot, uh, this technology will go ahead and scan across an organization's entire repo or repository um, list in, in the entire organization, right? So you have kind of a point in time view of everything, current and historical. And the reason that we care about that is, um, you know, there's that scenario again of, of if we have an attack and there's a breach and perhaps we, we don't know what secrets Uh, an attacker may be able to see across our entire code base, like that's a very uncomfortable moment. And we've been on engagements with clients where we're asked to go ahead and, you know, under that urgency and fear, go ahead and find across their entire code code base of all of their products, please go scan everything right now and find what secrets could be out there. When we have done that in the past, we learned that there must be a better way because what it looked like is, you uh, you know, some staff of ours, using these open source tools to one by one scan through all of those repos, and that's time consuming. And when it's an urgent situation like that, we said, there's gotta be a better way. And so we invested in developing this deployable software scanner that at a glance, you hit the button once, and across all of the main and common code repositories that our clients use these days, you know, within hours, days, perhaps at most, you're gonna have that comprehensive view of all of the secrets that are sitting out there. And whereas in the past, a project would need to be spun up and staffed, then you're talking, you know, month, two months, uh, depending on the size of the code base we're talking about. Right, Scott?
2: Uh, absolutely. And I think you know, the, the historical portion is is really the part I don't think gets enough focus. So a lot of times these these CICD processes will will break your build. So you've checked in a you've checked in a key, you can't promote it, you can't build it, you can't deploy it. But is checked in the source code at, at this point in time. And a lot of times what developers will do is oh, I have to go put it in my vaulting solution. I'll I'll go push a new commit and, and that's great. That'll fix the build and the build will go forward. But unless they've gone and actually chunked out that, that history of their source code uh, that, that has it, you can go back and you can look at revisions. And that's one of the things that the deployable software scanner can do is go back and scan, you know, revisions things were checked in a year ago, two years ago. To find these secrets, and it may be that these IDs and passwords, these secrets, these API keys have been, you know, changed since then, and that would certainly be the the best practice that we would recommend. But it also may be that somebody didn't want to to fess up to it, and you know, now now you have an exposure point because somebody pushed a new commit. They don't see it in the current build right now, but the deployable software scanner can look back and and through all the the changes over time and say, hey, is there a piece of risky information that is still sitting here in, in the source code repository? Yeah,
1: and, and those types of things become visible. It can be fast. And to see all of the, the challenges and places to, to remediate, um, not having to wait weeks or months while potentially there's, um, you know, somebody in the organization that you don't want to and attackers still lurking, um, is just, I'm excited about it because it just saves time and money and reduces risk quickly.
2: Well, I think the, the great thing is that we've coded it such that it is, is, you know, click it and forget it. It's not something that, that needs babysitting, not somebody that needs to keep touching uh, files and, and putting the pieces together. We're able to say, hey, go scan out this set of repositories, and when you're done, report back to us, and, and we'll start taking the appropriate actions at that time to to remediate. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you fill out three or four things in a user
1: interface, hit go, go grab a cup of coffee, and by the time you get back, you're already finding the things that you were concerned about.
0: Absolutely. Well, guys, you, you both shared a lot of, packed a lot of information and um, info nuggets into our 10 minutes or so here. Any any parting thoughts before we sign off?
2: You know, I, I've been a developer myself for, for over 20 years, and I certainly have made the, these mistakes before. Before we had the vaulting solutions, before we had the ability to manage secrets better, I uh, I know, in the interest of time, it's very often easy just to copy and paste a password and API key into a piece of source code while you're trying it out for the first time. But I also know that there's competing interests and and bugs coming up, new features that are being asked, and before you know it, you're you're accidentally checking in uh, an API key or a password that you completely intended to to put in the vault, and you just you just forgot about it. Um, I, I encourage people out there to to spend the time up front, even though it takes longer, to put the information in the vault the first time, uh, versus accidentally checking it in and and showing up on our dashboard when the deployable software scanner calls you out for a commit that you accidentally made last week, last year, last month. You know, it's it's better to do it right and remain remain below the radar when whenever possible. Yeah. So so
1: in summary, Joe, I would say, like Scott said, prevention. We all prefer prevention uh, to detection and response. So if you haven't already, there's uh, investments to be made in those secrets management platforms that he talked about. Um, And then for detection and response, if you've not already, like instrument your deployment pipelines, your build pipelines to scan for these types of things. And then for everything else that doesn't get scanned regularly, consider an option like the one we, we described earlier, like the deployable software scanner, which is high risk reduction, low level of effort, and that'll just give you a quick hit list of things to prioritize and get fixed fast. So th- those types of things are usually positively received by our, our leaders that we talk to our clients. So that's um, another consideration.
0: Well, Scott, Caleb, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, a lot of insights. I enjoyed this. Learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners did too. I look forward to connecting with you again on another episode of this series in the future. Thanks again.